the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the Andrea K Show. She's blonde, five foot two, and one hundred two pounds of dynamite in a dress. Here she is, Andrea K. Day we are rolling into not just a weekend but a holiday weekend for those of you who are still able to work. Yeah, hopefully there's some hair salon owners and hairstylists and nail salon owners and people that are um, considering today a traditional hump day because they're actually back to business. Maybe not in San Francisco. Yeah, we're going to be talking about hair gate, blowout gate or die gate, whatever you want to call it, because this is a story that as much as they want it to die down, it's not. We got to talk about that. Uh, we've got some amazing guests for you guys tonight. We've got Terrence K. Williams, social media superstar, Terrence K. Williams. If you don't know that name, you have never been on Twitter and uh, because he is he's just like I said, he's a social media superstar, particularly on Twitter. He's going to be here with his story and why he as a black American supports President Trump. And he's got a book out. He's going to be here. Matt Boyle will be back. Our buddy from Breitbart with some interesting perspective on the state of the race, because if you're you're going to what used to be a friend of conservatives, a Drudge Report and, and other outlets. It's looking bad, bad, bad for President Trump. So we got lots to talk about tonight. 888-344-1170. If there's anything weighing on your mind, are you nervous as we go into the election? How are you feeling? We are about 62 days away, I think, 61, 62 days away. We are in the finish line for this. And let me tell you, we know that the Democrats are nervous. Otherwise, Hiding Joe Biden or Joe Hyden, as Trump has named him, he he got uh, he, he he got motivated to come out of his hole. And that's how you can tell that the Democrats and the Biden Harris campaign are nervous when you see that they are following Trump around and trying to follow in Trump's footsteps to regain some some footing. Um, again, eight, 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 three, four, four, eleven, seventy. Follow me on Twitter at Andrea K. Show. I'm on Instagram at Andrea K. Show. And um, and a big anniversary today. Who knows what September 2nd happened? What happened on this day on September 2nd? I wonder if my man knew. I already told him before the show. Maybe, maybe. Here's I a- can't answer because uh, to, to actually, to be honest, I, I did not remember going into today. But once you told me, I did know. So I yeah. can't answer. Well, you know, history is no longer being taught in our schools. Of course, nothing is being taught in our schools right now because it's all about distance learning, which means that nobody's learning anything. Um, but se- September 2nd, 1945 is not even I, I will give a pass to most people. September 2nd, 1945 is not really one of the biggest days necessarily 
in, in America's history, but it is an important Pretty one. pivotal. It is very pivotal. It is the day in which the Japanese surrendered to the United States on the USS Missouri. Hat tip to one of the show's listeners for actually reminding me of what happened on this day. Great and restoration the, video. It, well, yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm going to post it on Facebook that voice you hear, by the way, is my man who joins me every night. We need to be celebrating uh, all of America's victories, but also celebrating this duo tonight of the Andrea K. Show. And tonight and every night, it's my man, DJ Potato Skins. We are going to keep on working. We are going to keep on fighting. And we are going to keep on winning, winning, winning. DJ Skins. You know, I'm okay with Andrea Kay and DJ Potato Skins. I'm even okay with Diamond and Silk, especially okay with them. But Fauci and Burks, can we like send them off to like uh, <laughs> like a remote desert island? I'm tired of both of them. Uh, yeah, um, yeah. Um, it, is there some particular reason today you're tired of Fauci and Burks? Because uh, they've both come out. I don't know which one came out first. You know, they, it's, it's that they love each other, but they're both saying, nope. You know what? Uh, what that the White House might be. Uh, you might have heard heard immunities. In, no, we're not doing it. We're, so apparently they are speaking for the White House. Well, I think that there it's it's high time. It's overdue. If you go to Drudge, formerly a friend of conservatives and formerly a friend of journalism and the news, if you go there, you will see that the left is apoplectic today against Dr. Atlas, who is the one who's come out and said, you know what, we need to re-embrace an old scientific method of fighting the viruses that affect us every year. The old tried and true method called herd immunity. That's where you allow it to spread around the community and, and, and immunity builds up. And it, ultimately, that's how you end up saving. It's worked thus far. Well, it works every year uh, and works against all viruses and particularly uh, given the the fact that the left is upset now because the CDC updated the numbers that that only 6%, 94% of all coronavirus deaths that have been uh, of the 94% of the attributed coronavirus deaths had comorbidities, only 6% of those who have died, uh, actually died of coronavirus. And that is the left is trying to say that it's it's a lie to and that it's a disservice to the American people. Fauci came out today and said, look, dying with COVID is the same thing as dying of COVID. And that is not true. That is a lie. And that is why President Trump has had to isolate himself, bring in Dr. Atlas. The left is saying, well, he's not an infectious disease expert. He's not an epidemiologist. Well, you know what? I would tell you that Dr. Burks and Dr. Fauci are not actual doctors. As one of the doctors said in the frontline uh, doctor's uh, video that went viral, uh, one of the doctors, Dr. Emmanuel out of Houston, said, when was the last time Dr. Fauci put a stethoscope on a patient? I will much, I put much more stock into actual doctors who are actually treating patients that are actually on the front lines, doctors that are actually uh, experts in uh, in what's actually happening in our emergency rooms over these um politicians that call themselves doctors the head of the world health organization is not even actually an md so it's high time that president trump has moved out fauci and burks from the front lines and actually brought in doctors to help with this one of the things that dr atlas is is pushed is for in addition to herd immunity which is how you protect many people he's also pushed for more sweden-like lockdowns whether or not you actually believe that's that being 80 years old and having Almost three comorbidities, which is the case. The average age of death is 78. The average number of comorbidities is three. Diabetes, heart disease, obesity. Whether or not you believe that 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 counts as a COVID death or not, here's what is true that is undisputed. 
is that it is primarily old people with comorbidities. 26-year-olds without comorbidities are not dying from this. Seven-year-olds are not dying from this, nor are they giving it to anybody else. That is undisputed fact. It is absolutely a crime against humanity for there to continue to be shutdowns of any kind. Hat tip to the legislature of Idaho who have passed a resolution that is yet to be passed from a legislative standpoint, but they passed a resolution that said we must end any of these coronavirus shutdown regulations that involves masks and involves six foot distancing regulations. Good for them. We're going to talk a little bit later with Matt Boyle about Nancy Pelosi. But you know what? You cannot be 80 years old and be the Speaker of the House, the mask hole of the House right now, and be out without a mask on if you're so dang scared of coronavirus. We are destroying this country by design, the Democrats are, and we cannot ever fully recover. Here's Biden's going around saying the way to recover the economy is by de- uh, controlling the coronavirus. First of all, you cannot control a virus. Okay. Second of all, to to assert that we've got to continue to destroy the economy in order to save the economy is mind-numbingly insane. And that's where we are at at this country. We must be rallying as an American people against the insanity that is going on right now involving masks and six-foot distancing requirements. Yeah, rally now. There is no later. Yeah, there is no later. We are past the point of no return. I don't even want to hear the CDC talking about stepping in and interfering uh, because people are worried about evictions. We cannot be going, continuing to go down the road of the Republican Party competing with the Democrats for Marxist solutions in the form of income redistribution. The only solution for us going forward, and I know that the the Dow is over 29,000 today, that's phenomenal, but long term, we must end the foot distancing regulations. We must end these mask requirements. We must get everybody back to work. The people that we that are most vulnerable to this need to be protected and how through their own accountability as individuals. It is not my job. Here's your daily reminder that it is not my job to protect anybody, regardless of age, regardless of comorbidity from catching a virus that that will kill them. We don't put masks on people to prevent them from getting tuberculosis. We don't put masks on people to, to prevent them from catching the flu every year, which kills children. This is insane where we've gone to in this country. And the flu kills a heck of a lot more people. It certainly does. And that's the one thing that I'm not hearing. And I think that that President Trump, we're going to be talking to polling numbers down the road uh, later on the show with Matt Boyle. But I think that if President Trump joined in uh, with Idaho legislator and others to Governor DeSantis in Florida said, we'll never do these lockdowns again. Not good enough. We need to have every Republican in this country getting behind a full reopening without masks and six foot distancing regulations. And we should all be thanking Nancy Pelosi for that. Joe Biden's going to be going to Kenosha tomorrow. He's going to be meeting. He's chosen. He's chosen to meet with the family members of a uh, of a rapist with a felony warrant out for his arrest for rape, who then proceeded to, to brawl with cops and get himself shot. That's who Joe Biden has aligned himself with. Joe Biden's not going to he's not going to be doing himself any favors with with that move in Kenosha tomorrow. So President Trump needs to continue to be pushing uh, for law enforcement. We've got a story uh, that the Democrats are the party of riots. They're a party of burning down businesses. They're the party of, of raping and pillaging businesses. Under the course of their Black Lives Matter movement, we've got a story coming out of California with the D.A. with that. But uh, we're going to take a break. 
we come back, we're going to talk to Terrence K. Williams, get his perspective. Uh, he's social media superstar, black American uh, for, for President Trump. We're going to get his perspective on the Black Lives Matter movement and also hear a little bit about his story, where he came from. And we'd love to hear from you. 888-344-1170. sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K show and follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K spelled K A Y E Andrea K telling you like it is all while eating a donut too it's the Andrea K show on the answer San Diego welcome back to tonight's Andrea K show celebrating hump day and also celebrating the end of World War II today was the day that the Japanese came aboard the USS Missouri and said, we done. We ain't going up against you Americans any, anymore. We, we, we're peace out. <laughs> That's the kind of amazing country we got here. Okay. We're the country that defeated Nazism. Okay. We're the country that defeated communism. Okay. And, and that's, uh, and, and unfortunately we're in the process of having defeated again and defeated we will come in this November. Um, we will continue to talk about that later in the show. In fact, we've got to continue the discussion that we started last night. Um, you know, about uh, the Democrats wanting to wipe out history on a day in which we celebrate one of the greatest moments in American history. Uh, That's uh, later on in the show. That was the D.C. mayor we mentioned uh, working with an organization called Defaces, wanting to take down the Washington Monument. Um, But now we got to talk to um, a social media hero, if you will, a social media superstar. Who out there does not know the name of Terrence K. Williams? He just erupted on the scene about four years ago with amazing videos. And he's, he's managed to incorporate humor as well as a whole lot of truths out there for America. And it, and it made people curious about who he is. So he's written a book called From the Foster House to the White House. And he joins me now. Hi, Terrence K. Williams. Welcome to the Andrea oh. K. Show. Hey, thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you and all that you've done um, for uh, conservatism, for President Trump, um, for making us laugh at times that we needed to laugh with your videos. I got to ask you, first off, what does K stand for? Oh, my middle name is Kentrell. Cantrell. Okay, because a lot of people don't use their middle, their middle initials. So I had to ask. Or- or Terrence Kick-Ass Williams. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, so now that we got your middle name out the way, uh, tell us more about you. How did you get started, and how did you become this social media superstar? Well, the social media thing, it just happened. You know, I went to Facebook and made a live video for the first time. I wasn't on social media. It was my first time making a video. And the video went super viral. I couldn't even believe it. It had 7 million views, like, within 24 to 48 hours. And I went from having, like, 15 views to 7 million. And I was like, how did this happen? And uh, the video was about, uh, well, I was addressing uh, people that were telling me I should move back to Africa. And and I just had to go on Facebook and let these people know that, hold on, wait a minute, what y'all mean move back? I've never been to Africa. So, uh, (laughs) now, if y'all want to go, y'all can go, but I'll be here when y'all get back. I'll stay here with my white friends since all y'all black folks talking about moving to Africa. Because I'm going to tell y'all this right now. They got flies over there that'll kill you. Uh, and your health insurance is not paying for that, okay? So uh, 
I'll be here when y'all get back. Let me know how Louis Farrakhan treats y'all over there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, I'm hearing the southern accent now. And let me tell you, we, we also got some flying bugs in Louisiana that'll kill you. So we got a little bit of that happening here. So how did you how did you become um, so different from your fellow black Americans? Is it because of your childhood from from foster care? I mean, to, I mean, how did this whole journey begin? Well, you know, I, I really don't. So, you know, I, I grew, you know, I, I was born into a broken home, into a damaged home. Uh, my mother was addicted to crack cocaine and she had over nine children. I'm a fifth oldest. And there were six different fathers and none of them were in the picture. And she struggled with her addiction. Um, she was always gone. She neglected us. Uh, my oldest sister, she was actually playing the role as a mother, but she was very, very young. I mean, uh, my sister was, she was 11 years old when I was one and she was, and she was, uh, uh, having her, uh, no, I was two years old when she was 11 and she was, uh, having her first child at 11 years old. And she had her second child at 13 years old while she was watching all of her siblings because our mother was out doing drugs and, uh, you know, and, and, uh, you know, the state found out and they took us from, from, from our mother. And so, you know, we went to the children's shelter, then went to a foster house, back to the children's shelter, back with our mother. And, uh, the judge took my mother's rights away. Um, uh, you know, it, it had been almost a year. She had been clean and they were going to give her a chance to get us back. So she figured that, and these are the words coming from my mother. Uh, she figured that since, you know, she was clean for a while, she didn't expect them to test her the morning to get in, in the morning, uh, that she was going to get us back. So she had smoked crack cocaine oh. that morning before she got us back and they drug tested her and took her rights away. Um, and I thank the judge for that. And I know that's pretty hard to say. It was pretty hard being away from my mother. But I think I, I think the judge did the right thing because children deserve better. Even though we deserve to be with our mothers and our fathers, but we also deserve better if those parents are not are not uh, uh, being good parents. Children deserve better. And because that judge took my mother's rights away and, uh, and, and made me a ward of the state and put me in the system for the rest of my life, um, that actually uh, uh, was the best thing that ever happened to me. Because look at me now. I went from foster house to foster house, and I made it all the way to the White House and met President Donald J. Trump, sat at the table with him, um, which is just wonderful. But where I get my scent, my, you know, uh, this is the thing, though. Some of the foster homes I stayed in, I stayed with uh, a few elderly folks, you know, and they taught me a lot of wisdom. You know, they, they had a lot of wisdom. They were very wise. So, and uh, they were church-going people, some of the homes that I that I had been in. And so I learned about God. And, um, you know, I grew up pretty quick because, I, you know, I, I went to the system before kindergarten. And um, uh, But learning about God and going to church, you know, I figured, you know, God was all I had. When I didn't have a mother, a father, a brother, a sister, I had God. Mm-hmm. And so my faith in God got me through all of that pain and, and suffering and sadness. Um, um, and those elderly folks, um, uh, even though they voted, uh, uh, liberal, they were very conservative and they taught me uh, my conservative ways, really, to be honest with you. And, and they don't even realize how, how I turned out to be like this. Well, it's because a lot of black people are really, uh, they're morally conservative, but they vote did Democrat. Why do you think and that is? So, 
Well, because they're doing what they're they're doing what they are told to be. Uh, they're, they're doing what the Democrats are telling them to do. CNN tells but they, they tell black people to vote, to vote Democrat because they tell people uh, Democrats help blacks. Um, and I think it's because of Lyndon B. Johnson, uh, uh, why people think that uh, that Democrats are all for black people, because, you know, Lyndon B. Johnson, you know, uh, 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 people may have, you know, listen now, y'all, I ain't been in school in a while, but now I know Lyndon B. Johnson, he did the, the Food Stamp Act, I believe, and yeah. Social Security. He did all of that stuff, and, and they said, well, all that's helping black people, so he was a Democrat. So, therefore, he did all of those things, the Food Stamp Act, the Housing Act, also he did that for black people since he's a democrat well that means black democrats are for blacks because that democratic president uh created food stamps and section eight and housing and all that stuff so people just assume that democrats are for blacks but not knowing lyndon b johnson was a complete racist and martin luther king had to beg him to do anything and lyndon b johnson used the n-word like it was his first name yeah not to mention right right why why do you think it is that that so many black americans haven't looked back and gone you know what all those in welfare programs all they did was was uh, move us from one plantation to the next and make us dependent on a state that wants to keep us down versus donald trump who's shown opportunity zones and helping with education and um, the things that he's done with the economy to help small business startups for black Americans. How, why is it that the Democrats haven't seen the, the difference between the two and how this set of policies from the Democrats here are only hurting black Americans in the long run? And here we got Trump over here and his policies are helping black Americans. How come so many blacks aren't seeing that? Well, you, well, this is, this is the thing, though. If black people have been uh, 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 following behind these Democrats for 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 a long time, if uh, since black people, uh, since the Democrats have been uh, making black people feel like they're victims for the longest, and they have been uh, uh, and the black and black people, a lot of blacks have been uh, uh, depend have been dependent upon the Democratic Party and food and government assistance for so long that who cares? About working, right? You know, who cares about who can who cares about the, the about this man who's bringing jobs? I don't have to work because mm-hmm. I make more. Why go work at McDonald's? So many people think why should they go work at McDonald's when and, and work and work forty hours a week and yeah. and then and, and make and they can make the same by sitting at home smoking marijuana and eating Cheetos and Doritos <laughs> and, 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 and you know well yeah, yeah. well yeah you know what yeah well, I mean, when you when you incentivize people to say stay home, they go and stay home, whether they like Cheetos or not. I mean, you know, socialism rewards the worst of human nature, wh- whatever your color is, and capitalism rewards re- rewards the best. What's been the reception of you since you since you became the superstar supporting President Trump? You've been to the White House. Everybody knows who you are. Now you got this book out. Are you getting love from your fellow African Americans, or are you getting some hate? Oh, listen, I get a lot of hate from the African-American community, from the black community. Listen, now, uh, listen, they have um, they have attacked me left and right. A lot of them told me I was kicked out the black community. I said kicked out. What that mean? Kicked out the black community? I said, hold on, well, hold on, well, what's the disadvantage? <laughs> because I never knew what the benefit was. So, I mean, and half of y'all owe me money, so you can't keep me out of the house. Keep me up, 
pay up. I done gave out a lot of loans out here. Pay up first. <laughs> you know, a lot of y'all done knocked on my door and asked for two eggs so y'all can make some cornbread. Now, pay <laughs> up now. Pay up. Pay up. <laughs> so what's next for you? What What's next for you? You got your book out now. What's next for you? We, we Is there going to be a show on the horizon? You got to go on Charlemagne the God. Has he Has he invited you on? Charlemagne the God is not ready for me. Oh, he's not ready. <laughs> oh, I, I will take over that show. I will take over that show. I should reach out to him and ask him to come on. But, um, you, you know, what's next to me is, uh, um, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I do a lot of work with, with like foster kids and stuff. So I'm all about helping out the foster kids and, and people that face, you know, uh, and, and not just foster kids, but, you know, a lot of people in need mm-hmm. and I plan on going on a comedy tour next year. Um, if this COVID stuff goes away, um, and, uh, just keep on living and, uh, and, uh, praising God and, uh, and just living my best life and, you know, just taking it day, day by day. All, uh, you know, I mean, with these crazy times, all you, what can you really plan? Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't plan much. Or what do you think about Joe Hyden? What do you think about Joe Hyden? He, the, Trump's flushed him out of his hole. What do you think about Joe real quick before you got to listen. First of all, we cannot have a president who don't even know where he. So no, no, no. Listen, listen. Joe Biden. We can't have a president who thinks it's the 1860s, okay? Because <laughs> I'm gonna be a damn slave oh. if he still thinks we live in the 1860s. I'm going back. Listen, we gonna. If black people think they slaves now because a lot of them think they slaves. I mean, we were slaves. No, you were not a slave. Your ancestors were not you. You work at Walmart. You are not a slave. You paid <laughs> by the hour. I never heard of a slave working at Walmart. So you are not a slave, buddy. But uh, if Joe Biden is the president, believe me, you might be one because he still thinks it's the 1860. So he thinks they're all. He thinks y'all are all corn pop. He thinks all. He thinks every black person's corn pop. But if you ain't, if you ain't voting for him, you ain't black. That's his message yeah, to black Americans. Hold on, you ain't black. And and, and what are you talking about? Ain't he don't even talk like that. He don't use ain't. You no. know. He don't, you ain't, like, come on now. I'm now, a Southerner. I, don't, don't, doesn't it gall you when, when non-Southerners try to, like, say y'all and try to talk yeah, like Southern? Some, some, be some Delaware or something. Like, come <laughs> on, man. Talking about y'all. Talking about you ain't black. You ain't, ain't. Well, boy, now, I talk like that. Like, that's how people, you know, I'm, now I'm from Oklahoma. I stay in Texas. I got, you know, uh, uh, I, got, I got, actually, my, my, my first foster parents, they, my first foster parents, uh, we're in Oklahoma, but they are originally from uh, Alexandria and Oakdale and uh, and uh, New Orleans and all, all okay. around there. So, so from the three one eight to five zero four. So those are know, my people. That's my there. people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Actually, I just had some. I just had some. Uh, I just had some boudins. Oh, you did? Okay. Today. Was that yeah, some black market boudin? Okay. I need to have you back sometime just to talk food, okay? Because you're, you're like, okay. you know, you know my culture. If you know the 318 <laughs> yeah. to the 504. Well, listen, tell everybody, I, I, I want to read your book so much. I can't wait to read it. From the Foster House to the White House. I love a story of the American dream. And that's not a, that's not a message that the black Americans on the BLM movement want anybody to read about. And that's why everybody needs to read this story because you can't oh, yes. in the United States you can go from the foster house to the White House you absolutely can and Terrence Williams tells the story about it in his book y'all also need to follow him on Twitter at W underscore Terrence and watch his videos they they crack me up so much and I thank you for being here my friend 
Thank you so much. All right. Take good care. We're going to take a little break. We come back. Matt Boyle's on the line. He's been holding. He's from Breitbart. He's going to be here to talk about Hairgate, mask hole of the House, Pelosi, as well as the the state of the race. And what should we be nervous? Because if you watch mainstream media today and you see these polls that have come out, like with Fox News, they want you nervous today. I don't know. We're going to ask Matt Bull whether or not we should be nervous. So y'all stay tuned. Want more Andrea K? Follow her on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And like her Facebook fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, the donut queen of San Diego. It's the Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. Just looking up at the monitors during the break, and it looks like, I don't know, this may be some breaking news you might want to be checking into for us, uh, Potato Skins, while I'm talking to Matt Bull here. Protesters gather outside D.C. police station after officer-involved shooting. I don't know if we got another shooting here, um, but I get, but, you know, Five Cent says it is somebody who uh, resisted arrest, took a, took a, tried to sucker punch a cop, but I could be wrong. Uh, so while DJ Potato Skins checks on that story, we're going to bring in our friend of the show, Matt Boyle from Breitbart, Washington political editor at Breitbart News, uh, to talk about mask hole of the house and the state of the race. Hey, Matt Boyle, welcome back to the show. How's it going? It's going good. So, you know, mask hole of the house, you know, she just, all, all, she's just a simple gal with a simple dream of getting her hair did, Matt Bull. And it's just all broken loose for Nancy Pelosi, hasn't it? Well, I guess she's above the rest of us because she can go get her hair done at a salon in San Francisco when nobody else can in the whole city. Uh, there's many places elsewhere in America, by the way, where you can go back into a hair salon or a barbershop or something like that. Uh, I, I don't, I'm a, I, because I'm a guy, I'm not sure on the technical terminology of whatever kind of treatment she received while she was there. I guess it was a, a blowout or mm-hmm. something, but uh-huh. never heard of that before. But anyway, point is that uh, salon were closed in San Francisco until Tuesday. On Monday, she was there getting her hair done uh, at this salon. And by the way, when they did reopen finally on Tuesday, one of the last places in America to do so, you have to be outside. Like, they don't let people go inside to the hair salon. You have to do it outside of the establishment to get their uh, to get those services. In addition to that, they require masks in the city of San Francisco. She wasn't wearing a mask. Uh, so apparently she's above the rest of us. When mm-hmm. she was confronted about the story today at a press conference, she came out and said, uh, the salon set her up. <laughs> it, you know, it reminds me of uh, Marion Barry, right? Like after, you know, he's caught smoking crack. And, uh, Shampoo gate, it's real. Democrat mayor of D.C., you know, and I, I don't think I can say that word on the radio, but uh, he said the B set him up, right? Like, yeah. so it's kind of a thing here, right? Like, Nancy Pelosi can't take any responsibility for what she did. I don't know why she can't admit that she broke the law and she's, she's above the law and the rules. And a so, normal person would, yeah, somebody else. A normal person would have just said, you know what? Th- this is when you got to chew a pine cone, okay? That's when you just have to, as we say in corporate sales, you got to chew the pine cone. You just got to admit, okay, that you got busted, okay? You don't. But this is what the this is what is so part of the Democrat culture and this liberal, toxic Marxist commie culture we've got, which is they're all victims. 
Nobody's ever responsible for anything. This is how we have a presidential candidate, former vice president, going to Kenosha tomorrow, not to support law enforcement, not to tell these rioters to back off and stop burning down businesses, but actually to meet up with the family of someone who had a felony arrest warrant out for him for for sexual assault, who then got into a brawl with cops and got himself shot. Because there's no sense of accountability on the part of the Democrats. It's all about manufacturing victims. Everybody's a victim. So why should Nancy Pelosi pull out the victim card, Matt Bull? Well, uh, again, she should be the smart thing politically for her to do. Uh, I, I think at this stage, every single Democrat member of the House of Representatives needs to be asked uh, if they're okay with what Nancy Pelosi did here and her answer about it, again, not taking responsibility for her actions. We've seen the salon owners come out and laid out how Nancy Pelosi, this wasn't a setup. The salon owner went on Tucker Carlson's show tonight on Fox News and laid out how she called and made the appointment. So right. like, or her or her staffer did and made the appointment for her. So they were well aware. And by the way, the idea that Nancy Pelosi, the Speaker of the House of the U.S. House of Representatives, is not aware of the local law, laws mm-hmm. and regulations in her home city is just silly. The idea that this was a setup is just not true. And just the, the lack of ability to take uh, responsibility for her action mm-hmm. uh, is, is, is remarkable. And again, I think that every Democrat member of the House of Representatives needs to be asked about this and if they're okay with it. And I think that, look, at the end of the day, I think this is going to significantly politically damage the Democrats because of the fact that uh, it, it highlights their hypocrisy and their elitism. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think that uh, you know, maybe Donald Trump should uh, uh, count this as an in-kind campaign contribution for Nancy Pelosi <laughs> to file it with the FEC because uh, Nancy Pelosi just gave him the biggest gift in the world by well, yeah. behaving the way she has this week. Well, as somebody pointed out on Twitter, she also assassinated the mail-in ballot uh, campaign. Um, which a, and a, Attorney General Barr did a phenomenal job today uh, shredding Wolf Blitzer on the mail-up balloting situation. But it, to me, in some ways, it should also be blowing a hole into the fact that, as other people have pointed out, that the continued... A grip that are on businesses in this country, whether it's, you know, Gavin Newsom and, and uh, mayors and, and governors across this country continued to it re it, you're not reopened when you've got hair salons, can't bring anybody in. They got to be outside. You've got masks and six foot distancing requirements are ridiculous. Nancy Pelosi says, well, I, c- I can't wear a mask when I'm getting my hair washed. So why is anybody else being told they got to wear a mask? Idaho passed a resolution. The Idaho legislature did saying we are we are going to. Um, the resolution was to end the masks as well as six foot distancing requirements. And I think that that's what are your thoughts on Trump uh, at picking up the ball with this and saying, look, this is this is if Nancy Pelosi doesn't think she's got a six foot distance to wear a mask. Why is anybody being forced to do that anywhere? We need full reopening without it. What are your thoughts on that strategy? Well, look, at the same time, we do we do want to be able to fight the virus. So we do, we don't want to downplay the fact that this has been a serious thing. It has, uh, you know, uh, affected our country in a significant way, both from a public health perspective and an economic perspective. So we don't want to we don't want to downplay that. Uh, and we, we, we do want to uh, understand that this is a crisis and uh, that we need to uh, confront it head on. And I think that the Trump administration has done that. I think that they have uh, seriously confronted this pandemic. Uh, they've done. They've taken a number of measures. W- one of the things that we do know that works is social distancing. Social distancing actually does work from a public health perspective. As for masks, it's a little bit more 
uh, you know, scientifically debatable. There's not been really any scientific study that demonstrates that masks work. In fact, most of the public health people in the lead up to this were kind of on the other side of the, uh, the mask issue uh, before COVID-19, you know, when it came to flu and other uh, uh, respiratory pandemics and epidemics, uh, you know, CDC, et cetera. If you look at their studies from like 2017, 2018, et cetera, they were against widespread mask usage. So I don't know why it's all of a sudden in fashion right. now. I think there's a lot of politics at play here. But uh, uh, we do know social distancing works. So that's one of the things that does help in terms of stopping mm-hmm. the spread of a virus. Uh, okay. But at the same time, you know, uh, again, uh, I think we're at a stage now where it is safe for every community in this country to reopen. Every right. business in this country can reopen. Right. It's time to get back to work. Uh, it's time for kids to go back to school. Uh, and so, uh, I mean, we've done a phenomenal job beating this virus. Part of the reason why they had these restrictions in place in the first place, the vice president has laid this out. I've interviewed him about it, too, is because they needed time to be able to stand up a response, develop therapeutics. They have those uh, emergency use authorizations for various uh, uh, potentially promising therapeutic drugs in the works. They've got the vaccine uh, potential candidates uh, in process into phase three trials now. They've got the PPE they need that our health professionals need to fight this. So that's the thing is that that's why we had that stuff in the beginning. And now the Democrats have tried to prolong it for political reasons. Right. Shifting gears a little bit, um, lots of polls coming out today. And particularly one mm-hmm. from Fox News. Oh, you know, Trump's on the ropes in Arizona. And, and where where are we at? I know you've got an article on Breitbart that came out yesterday that talks about the the uh, popularity of BLM is, is tanking, is in the mm-hmm. toilet. Um, where do you see the state of the race? What should we know for real in terms of where this race is at? Because nobody's trusting the polls after what happened in 2016. Yeah, there there are some polls out there that are trustworthy. Some polls are, some polls aren't. So it's not like all polls you can't trust them. And then even the ones that aren't, if you look at the them in combination with each with other polls from the same outfit, you can kind of pick up trends. So, for instance, uh, there's a poll from Eastern Carolina University that came out this week that shows that President Trump is leading North Carolina by two percent. Uh, he's actually at. Uh, 13% in the black community in North Carolina, which is actually way higher than he was at, uh, in 2016. Uh, there's a, a, a polls from Trafalgar Group uh, that have uh, President Trump leading in Michigan, uh, tied in Minnesota. There's uh, uh, a poll from Morning Consult that has President Trump leading in Ohio. Uh, there's polling from uh, uh, a local outlet down in Georgia that has President Trump up seven points in Georgia after there were some polls earlier in the year that showed it tight or even Biden leading in that state. It's a red state. So that's a little bit of a sign for worry for the Democrats. You put that together with some of the actions of the campaign. So Joe Biden's campaign this week has decided to go up on television with uh, so you look at the the polling trends and then you look at the uh the actions where these campaigns are spending their money mm-hmm. and uh that cuz you know they kind of put their money where their mouth is, right? Like right. and so that's where they're, they're making real decisions. So Biden's campaign has decided to start spending heavily in four states that Hillary Clinton won, uh won in 2016. Nevada New Hampshire, 
Minnesota and Colorado, if Joe Biden is spending there as heavily as he is, that means that he's on defense. Gotcha. There's also another poll, by the way, today that came out from Monmouth. Now, I don't think that the top line numbers in Monmouth are right. I think President Trump's stronger than it looks in the top line numbers. But among likely voters, he's down only 1% in Monmouth or 3%, depending on which model they use. They use two different models. Uh, But the that that is a nine point swing in the president's direction from the last Monmouth poll. So I still think that their top line numbers are wrong. But if you apply that same formula, that means the president has significantly improved in just a, uh, a couple of months or under that six weeks or so uh, from Monmouth in Pennsylvania last time to today. So uh, what we're seeing is significant movement in the president's direction in a number of polls across the country in state polls and in national polls. And Emerson College poll earlier this week has it at a two-point race nationally and President Trump at 19% in the black community. That's a significant deal. So you put all of those things together, uh, along with the campaign spending decisions of the Biden campaign, uh, where they uh, and, and also just the actions of the Biden campaign, where they were very content of just riding this out, uh, having Joe ride it out in the bunker in Delaware right. uh, in, in the basement bunker there. And now they've trotted them out on the campaign trail again. So that, now that they're bringing him out on the campaign trail, the trends in the polls and several of these polls that are showing a lead, as well as the campaign spending decisions, you have a picture of a race here that, it, it, you know, depending on which ones are right, President Trump could win the election if it was today. So yeah. and now look, that if the inverse could be true, the other polls could be right, too. So that's why you can't take anything for granted. Right. And if you're a conservative out there and you want President Trump to win, you need to keep fighting all the way through November 3rd and right. do everything you possibly can now. All right. Well, thank you so much, Matt Boyle. That, that really helps me have a better. Uh, I feel much better with you laying out the, the, <laughs> the, the reality of what's going on with the polls, as well as um, that Trump should should consider Nancy mass mask hole of the House as an in-kind campaign contribution. Thank you so much for being here, Matt Boyle. And you guys check him out on Breitbart. Make sure you go into Breitbart. Stay off a of drudge. Go to Breitbart and get your news. OK. And y'all stay tuned because we got more Andrea K. Show coming up on the other side of the break. Don't go away. Be sure to follow Andrea K on Twitter at Andrea K Show. And follow her on Facebook and like her fan page at Andrea K. Spelled K-A-Y-E. Andrea K, telling you like it is, all while eating a donut. The Andrea K Show on The Answer San Diego. Welcome back to tonight's Andrea K Show. What'd you find out, Skins? What happened in D.C.? Well, Andrea, you were right. Uh, amongst protests in Washington, D.C., D.C. police fatally shot a young black man. Uh, the police department chief, Peter Newsom, said uninformed officers went up to a vehicle this afternoon acting on information that there were weapons in the area. Two firearms were recovered from the scene. Uh-huh. And guess what? The suspects ran from the scene, and that's why they were shot. One of them pronounced dead at the hospital. Don't run away, people. Um, Don't commit crimes. That's number one. And when you're being placed under arrest, it's not a negotiation. And if you don't comply, I don't have a problem with you um, being on the receiving end of a bullet. Hey, we're going to be back tomorrow night, Thursday, Friday Eve, 6 p.m. Pacific time. Peace out. 